The preceding message is brought to you by Kingsword Everywhere Nigeria. Stay tuned after this message for more information about Kingsword Everywhere Nigeria. to God. Please pick up your Bibles with me. Open to 2 Kings chapter 6. Remain standing, please. 2 Kings chapter 6. If your neighbor is not with the Bible, help me look at that neighbor and say, where is your Bible? At least you should have a Bible on your phone. You guys can go. Thank you. God bless you. Some pastors and theologians have said that one of the biggest challenges of our generation, this 21st century generation, these Christians of these days, they don't read their Bible. They don't read their Bible. And one of the best things we can do in church is to be doing Bible reading. So ask that neighbor that doesn't have a Bible again and say, where is your Bible? Hallelujah. Glory, glory, glory be to God. All right. Um, Second Kings. Did I say chapter 6? Glory, glory to God. Um, hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Actually, I don't think it's chapter 6 I'm looking for. Hold on. I'll find it. Second King 6. Oh, sorry. I'm the one that opened the wrong place. All right. Um, background story. If you read from verse 8, we won't have the time to read everything. But verse 8 says the king of Syria was making war against Israel. And they consulted with his servants. And they will make a plan. This is how we're going to attack Israel, if you read the story. But there was a prophet in Israel named Elisha. And in his prophetic office, God revealed the plan of the king to him. In other words, next week, the devil is going to attack you on your way to the office, Third Milan Bridge. Don't go through Third Milan Bridge. So that morning, the person will go to the island through Western Avenue. And the devil will go and plot on Third Milan Bridge and you will not show. Can I hear a loud amen? amen? So that was what was happening. Elisha would just tell the king, this is where the king of the Syrians and his army are going. You know, they will go through another way and they kept defeating the Syrians. And it got to a point, the king of the Syrians said, look, there is an intruder among my generals. Which one of you is working for the king of Israel? Revealing all our secrets. And then somebody spoke up. And said, ah, no, it's not, it's, there's a prophet there that God tells even what you are saying in your bedroom. <laughs> Glory be to God. So the king sent an army to go and arrest Elisha. Hallelujah. So let, let's pick up reading from verse 14 now because of time. Therefore he sent horses and chariots and a great army there. And they came by night and surrounded the city where Elisha was staying. Verse 15, 
And when the servant of the man of God arose early and went out, there was an army surrounding the city with horses and chariots. And this servant said to him, to Elisha, Alas, master, what shall we do? Verse 16. So Elisha said to him or answered him, Do not fear. That's what we want to address today. Look at your neighbor and say, do not fear. Look at another neighbor and say, do not fear. Praise the Lord. Um, or like in Ed Copeland, we say it's no fear here. Hallelujah. Do not fear. For those who are with us are more than those who are with them. Glory be to God. And verse 17, Elisha prayed and said, Lord, I pray. Open the eyes of the young man. And the young man saw. And behold, the mountain was full of horses and chariots. Hallelujah. Chariots of fire all around Elisha. Verse 18 says, when the, um, the Syrians came down to him, Elisha prayed, Lord, Strike these people, I pray, with blindness, and instruct them with blindness according to the word of Elisha. And eventually, Elisha led them to victory. Glory be to God. I want you to know that what God has for you and what God is doing in and around your life is far more than anything the enemy has arranged against you. Glory be to God. I will say that again. What God has for you, the forces of God that are available to you and that are in and around your life right now is far greater than every force, every problem, every challenge that has surrounded and has besieged your life. Glory be to God. The problem may be that you are like that servant of Elisha. You are not seeing it. So that financial challenge you are faced with you are allowing it to cause fear in your heart. Or that health challenge that you are dealing with is producing fear in your heart. Or whether it's a problem in your marriage or your relationships or ministry. Oh, ministry, praise the Lord. You come and preach on Sunday and the power shuts down and there's no PA system to preach with. Do not fear. Amen. They that are with us are more than they that are with them. So don't fear. Praise the Lord. Pray with me this morning. Father, send your word to us. No, no, no. Don't repeat the prayer. Just <laughs> send your word to us. Um, help us not to fear. Help us to live life the way you've called us to live it. To maximize the life you have given us. This one life we have. Help us not to live it in fear. Not to live it in timidity. Not to live with anxiety and worries. And things that choke life. But help us to live life the way you've ordained for us to live. In Jesus mighty name. Amen. Hallelujah. Help me high five your neighbor one more time and say do not fear. Do not fear. Please take your seats. We are talking about maximize the living. And we've gone through a few things already. 
John 10, 10, God wants you to live and enjoy life to the full till it overflows. A Christian that is not enjoying his everyday life, something is wrong somewhere. I, I, I'm going to make statements like that a lot in this, um, in this teaching, in this series. Usually I talk like that anyway, but please hear what I'm saying. And the reason why we can declare things like that is God has made more than enough available for us by which we can enjoy life. Can I hear a loud amen? We've also gone to establish that it takes the Holy Spirit working in our lives as, we, as he ought. This is our month of the Holy Spirit for us to be able to maximize this life. We, we probably will, on our own, never be able to fully comprehend what God has done for us through redem in redemption, through the sacrifice of Jesus on the cross. But God has given us his spirit to indwell us. The moment you get born again, the moment you pray that sinner's prayer that we lead people to pray every Sunday in this church, and you genuinely surrender your heart to Jesus, and you receive eternal life in your spirit, the Bible reveals that the Spirit of God steps into your life. The whole of God's Spirit, not a fraction of God's Spirit, not a baby spirit. The fullness of God's Spirit begins to dwell and abide in you. And what every Christian must learn to do in this journey of life as you live, as a believer, is to learn to live with the Holy Spirit. He should be your comforter. He should be your friend. He should be your guide. He should be your teacher. He should be your instructor. And if you can live life that way, you will maximize your life. You will maximize your life. One of the pictures we used to paint what a maximized life looks like, we did this last Sunday, was the story of the woman that had a pot of oil. It looked small. But the moment the Spirit of God was beginning, to, was able to start operating on that little thing she had in her life, it solved every problem she had. That's what we mean by maximized life. It's not about you being the richest man in the world. You don't have to be the richest man in the world. In any case, everybody cannot be the richest man in the world. But God can bless you with the little you have. Glory be to God. And make you live like the richest man in the world. God can take your two loaves and five fishes and maximize it. And that's what the Holy Spirit is meant to do in your life. Every facet of your life. Praise the Lord. Acts 10.38, powerful scripture. Let's look at it closely today. Talking about Jesus. And God anointed Jesus of Nazareth. Notice the Bible specifically calls him Jesus of Nazareth there, and I will add the carpenter. God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Ghost or the Holy Spirit and with power. And he went about doing good and healing all that were oppressed by the devil. For God was with him. Praise the Lord. Tap your neighbor and say, God is with you. This month of March and as we go on in this year, God is with you. Don't be afraid. Don't quit. Don't throw in the towel. Don't give in. Don't stop what you have started because challenges are showing up left, right, and center. God is with you. Hallelujah. 
one other thing I want you to notice from that text is that God anointed Jesus. And that's the same thing that happened to you when you got born again. God anointed you by the fact that the Spirit of God has now come to dwell inside of you. And that starts the moment you become a Christian. You are anointed. What happened to Jesus? This is um, Acts, just summarizing the life and the ministry of Jesus. And what they are referring to there by saying God anointed him was the experience he had when he came for John's baptism. When the heavens opened and God said, this is my beloved son whom I'm well pleased. And the spirit of God descended upon him like a dove. From that day, Jesus' life changed forever. Glory be to God. That's what happens to the believer. In fact, what we have is an upgraded version of what Jesus experienced at the baptism of John. The Holy Spirit moved inside of you. Some Christians don't believe and think and act like they are anointed. That's part of what we're addressing in this teaching. You don't think you're anointed. We told you one of the first things you must allow the Holy Ghost to start doing in your life is to inform your thoughts. I'll get to that in a minute. And that's the problem. You are anointed. Glory be to God. Like Jesus was anointed. It means the Holy Spirit is now able to operate in your life. And he can now do things beyond human limitations. So, part of the question we want to address in this series is this. Will you live and die as a carpenter? No offense to the carpentry ministry or the carpentry industry or the carpentry profession. One of the top billionaires in the world is a carpenter. The guy that owns Ikea. Ikea is a carpenter workshop. They build furniture. Okay, let's phrase it. <laughs> That's what they do. They are carpenters. Of course, they don't call themselves carpenter and everything. In this part of the world, we think carpenter is a low profession. No, not if you are Ikea. If you are building furniture for the whole world, you will be a billionaire. So this has nothing to do with pulling down the carpentry ministry. That was Jesus' job, and Jesus was not a year carpenter. Everybody knew he was a carpenter in town. When he started exploding, his they were like, is this not the carpenter? They knew him. They had bought his furniture. He made the best chairs in town. So this is not an offense to the um, profession or vocation of carpentry. But will you live and die as a carpenter, or will you go on and become the Messiah that God ordained you to become. That's what they are telling us about Jesus here. Jesus of Nazareth was a carpenter. But if he had lived and died that way, his life wouldn't have been maximized. Because what God ordained for him was to be much more than a carpenter. Again, no disrespect to the carpentry vocation. But he was called to be the savior of the world. And if he had remained a carpenter, he would not have maximized his life. His one life. And this is what the Holy Ghost comes to do in our lives as Christians. He comes to help us maximize life. Will you live and die as a carpenter? Or will you go on to become the Messiah that God ordained you to be? I will ask it another way. Are you going to remain a fisherman? Like Peter, James, and John. And again, no offense to that vocation in case we have fishermen in the church this morning. 
Or will you allow Jesus, Jesus saw them that day and said, come with me or follow me. I will make you fishers of men. Maximize living. Maximize living. When the Holy Ghost is introduced into your life and he begins to function in your life, you can live the maximize, the John 10, 10 life. Can I hear loud amen? That's what we are talking about. And we said there are three areas. Let me just touch on this briefly again. Your thoughts. Learn to allow the Holy Ghost influence your thinking. Pauline prayers. I talked about that. So vital. You can't be a Christian and be thinking you are not anointed. That's a vital one. You are anointed. Can I hear a loud amen? amen? Someone that believes that shout, I am anointed. I am anointed. anointed with the Holy Ghost. Why? The Holy Ghost dwells in me. You may not feel anointed. I'm not saying you feel anointed. You may not look anointed. I'm not saying you look anointed. The results you have gotten to now may make it seem as if you are not anointed. Granted. But the truth of scripture is that you are anointed. And if you're ever going to see that thing manifest in your life, you need to start thinking it. And you can engage the help of the Holy Spirit to begin to help you think that way. Number two, you need to allow the Holy Ghost to operate in your life. This is how we concluded last Sunday. Start developing faith in the operations of God in your life. Colossians chapter 2. God is operating in the believer's life. How do we know that the spirit of God dwells in the believer? The spirit of God is at work. And rather than build faith, this world we live in, this generation we live in, if you are not careful, and I will dare to say many of us still operate life that way, you need a paradigm shift. If you are not careful, you will have more faith and confidence in money and material things than you will have faith and confidence in the operations of God in your life. Let me say it this way. You will be focusing a lot of your time and your energy to be looking for money. You will be troubled and bothered when you don't have money in your account, depressed and weighed down. Instead of you to be happy and rejoicing that I have the Holy Ghost inside of me. This is what we are addressing here. And what you have to do is to make a shift. We are not saying you won't need money. Bless God, you need money. And you will have money in Jesus' name. In fact, what we are teaching will help you to have money. Start developing faith. Believing. Start by believing things like this. Like Jesus of Nazareth was anointed the day I got born again, I am also anointed. And start building faith and confidence in that. And start allowing God to operate in your life. So that that anointing can start manifesting. That's how you maximize life. Glory be to God. You need the inner workings of the Spirit in your life. The operations of the Spirit. And thirdly, we said you need to allow the Spirit of God operate in your life when you are doing things. I call it the Spirit of diligence. At the point of execution, 
you need to engage the Holy Ghost. As I'm preaching this sermon, I need to be able to do it with the Holy Ghost. When you go to work tomorrow morning, you need to go to work with the Holy Ghost. Why do you have the Holy Ghost and you are doing work carnally? Or like someone that doesn't have the Holy Ghost. When you go to school, go to school with the Holy Ghost. Let the Holy Ghost help you in your activities. You will get better results that way. Hallelujah. Than if you do it yourself. Praise the Lord. Let me get into the main thing I want to stress today. Go with me very quickly to 2 Timothy 1.7. 2 Timothy chapter 1 verse 7. Paul speaking to Timothy. For God has not given us the spirit of fear. I want to drill down further on the operations of the spirit in our life. God has not given us the spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of a sound mind. Let's read in the Amplified. It's lovely in the Amplified. For God did not give us a spirit of timidity and cowardice or fear. So when we are timid, when we are fearful, when we are acting like cowards, we are not operating by the spirit. We asked ourselves this question last Sunday, what spirit is at work in you? I'm here to tell you it's not a spirit of fear that God has given you. Glory be to God. He has given us a spirit of power and of love. Watch how the Amplified translates sound mind here. Sound judgment. Personal discipline. Hallelujah. Sound judgment and personal discipline. I love this other translation. Watch how the Amplified says there. Abilities. Somebody shout abilities. Abilities that result in a calm, well-balanced mind and self-control. Glory be to God. Hallelujah. Abilities that result in a calm, well-balanced mind and self-control. That is the spirit that should be operating in us. Again, what do we mean by spirit operating in us? Let me quickly break that down again. We are talking about your attitudes. Somebody shout attitude. We are talking about you expressing the nature of God. Galatians 5 calls it the fruit of the Spirit. Glory be to God. We are talking about, and this is very vital, deep-seated, unconscious feelings. Not the feeling on the surface. How will you respond when the rubber meets the road? Or when the pressures of life face you? And they are often unexpected. Are you going to be like Elisha's servant? You wake up in the morning. You want to go out to catch a bus. And you see the armies of the Syrians surrounded, surrounding you to come and kill you. I mean, just imagine that guy's predicament that day. You, you, and what, what happens when that kind of problem shows up? Okay, I know you, your own daily reality is not that an army chasing you. What do you do when you wake up and the bills are surmounting all over you? Basically, left, right, and center. This sounds more serious than bills, doesn't it? <laughs> Life-threatening, basically. <laughs> or you go to the hospital 
And they tell you, hey, you have this disease and we don't have a cure. You are going to have to live with it for the rest of your life. Or you only have six months to live. Or you wake up one morning, your wife walks out on you. Or your husband walks out on you. Or you get to job, you get to your office and they say they've laid you off. You can't even know where the next source of income is coming. Or your child goes wayward. Or you are going in age and you can't find someone to marry. Or you want to have children, you can't have children. When the complexities of life land on your domot, that's another word I can't find English for, like that guy that day. I mean, an army of a nation on your domot. How do you respond? Do you run out in fear and cowardice? Hey, we are done. That's what he was saying. That was his response. But watch Elisha's response. He didn't have to go and pray. Hallelujah. He didn't have to fast. He didn't have to come to church for Pastor T to preach a message to him. And he didn't have to go and listen to a Pastor T tape. He would just say, relax. There had been an inner working of the spirit in his life. The work had already been done before that morning. And his response was, relax. They that be for us are greater than this financial challenge. They that be for us are greater than this health crisis. Fear not. So is it a response of fear? Because I'm telling you, if you live life and you're always responding in fear, when trouble shows up, you will not maximize life. You won't. You won't live the fullness. But if you can live like Elisha, I may not know how it's going to happen. I may not see with my natural eyes. It isn't interesting. Elisha said, God opened his eyes. Was the guy blind? He saw the Syrian army. So we are not talking about physical eyes here. Glory be to God. We are talking about what? Inner eyes. Somebody say inner workings of the spirit. I can guarantee you Elisha never saw those angels. I mean, if you know how these things work, it's not about, about seeing angels. Elisha didn't see, I can guarantee you didn't see any chariots of fire that day. But he knew. Hallelujah. He knew by revelation. Like the mountains around Jerusalem, so does God encamp the righteous. They can bring every army they want. They that are for me are greater than they that are against me. I will not be afraid. So once you start responding in fear, I mentioned this last week, I will never, because I knew a little bit about these things. When doctors told us, hey, you can't have children naturally because of low sperm count, honestly, it didn't bother me for a while. But as the months and the years went by, I, I was just confessing the word and believing. I mean, I started like Elisha. Started like Elisha. I mean, God will help us. But after about two years had gone by, and it looked like God wasn't helping us. <laughs> I will never forget that day. I knew when that fear sank in. I was the only one there was inside the room. Ah! But thank God I knew some of these things. I knew this, no fear. I can't, I can't afford to be afraid about this matter. I don't want to be barren for the rest of my life. I can't afford. So I had to go into overdrive to kick out the fear. Praise the Lord. Thank God the story has changed today. So that's what we want to do this morning. How do you deal with fear? 
how do you deal with fear? How does that family man, that the income that is coming in at the end of the month is far lower than the bills he has to pay? Because if that man is not careful, he'll be afraid. Some people are afraid of the future. Afraid of tomorrow. Because of what is encamped around them. The Syrian army that is around their life. And what you need, to, you need to do this morning, like Elisha told that guy, or watch it, prayed for that guy. Let God open your eyes. Hallelujah. The healing you have and the power for divine health that you have is far greater than the symptoms of sickness on your body. Oh, I thought somebody would say amen to that. And you've got to start thinking that way by the help of the Holy Ghost. Ah, Pastor, I can't think that way. That's why you have the Holy Ghost. That's why the Holy Ghost is there to help you, to train you, to teach you, to think that way. And to speak that way. So that the host of Israel army around your life will not drown you and kill you. Can I hear a loud amen? amen? God has not given us a spirit of fear. What kind of spirit is working in you? That's, that's what we are dealing with. This part two, you can call it. We are taking another dimension today. Is it a spirit of fear? Or look at the three solutions Paul gave us. You know, the Bible asks the questions and answers the questions. So this is how you deal with the spirit of fear. Number one, with the spirit of power or power. Number two, with the spirit of love or love. Or number three, with the spirit of a sound mind. Hallelujah. You must have a power consciousness. Let me introduce that word at this point in this, in this teaching. Talking about living by the Holy Spirit, a big part of it is a consciousness of the Holy Spirit abiding within you. An awareness. They that are with me are more than they that are against me. It's a matter of consciousness and awareness. That comes by faith. That comes by revelation. Hallelujah. Consciousness and awareness. Again, I submit to you, Elisha did not see those angels. I mean with his physical eyes. But he believed they were there. Glory to God. Let's talk about power. Just those three things. Somebody say, I have the spirit of power. I have the spirit of love. And I have the spirit of a sound mind. Now, again, please hear this. We are not saying there's another spirit from the Holy Ghost. We are saying the Holy Ghost walking in you can produce a consciousness of divine power. That's what Elisha used that day. Power speaks of might. So whether it's military might we are talking about or angelic might, we are still talking the same. But what's America using to dominate the world? Is their might. So one day, Japan came to bomb Pearl Harbor in the United States. And the day after, or hours after, America dropped atomic bomb on their life. At that time, they were the only ones that had atomic bomb. Everybody went quiet. <clears throat> Till tomorrow. Everybody knows America has a greater arsenal than the rest of us. They that before America. 
agree that they have. So everybody just, no, that truck can say anything he wants to say because we just smile with him. <laughs> that's it, it's power. And that's how the believer should be. When sickness comes, hallelujah. When poverty comes, and they will come. When barrenness comes, you must have a consciousness of power. Somebody shout, I have power. I have power. Back to Pauline prayer, Ephesians 1. And I want to talk to that guy that has not gone to settle down. We've been preaching this thing, not just in this series, forever in this church. You should not be a member in good standing in this church. And you don't understand the Pauline prayers of Ephesians 1 from verse 15 to verse 23. And understand how it operates. And you allow the Holy Ghost to work that prayer in your life. You shouldn't. You shouldn't. How are you going to maximize life without it? How are you going to have a consciousness of they that be for me again and they that be against me? So last week we talked about the place of revelation. But there's another dimension Paul put in that prayer from verse 19. That you may know. So verse 17, verse 18, he talked about revelation. Verse 19, that you may know what is the exceeding greatness of God's power towards you that believe. The believer is meant to know that God's power is at work in his life. And by that power, what is for me is greater than whatever is coming against me. And that way, when what's coming against you comes, you will rest assured. I have a greater arsenal than you. If you bomb me, I will atomic bomb you. That's how you are to think. Glory be to God. And that's how the Holy Ghost is to operate in your life. Hallelujah. And that's how you will maximize life. Because Satan will try you. I'm telling you, Satan will try you like he tried Elisha and his servant. That you may know the exceeding greatness of his power towards you. Watch this. According to the working of his mighty power. Which he worked in Christ. So you need to be praying this prayer. So that the same way God worked his power in Christ and raised him from the dead. God will work that same power in you. Hallelujah. It's the power of God. It's not your power. But bless God you can believe it. And you can pray it. And you can receive it. And it will work for you. By the Holy Ghost. Oh, praise the Lord. If you are still here, shout hallelujah. hallelujah. According to the working of his mighty power, which he worked in Christ, when he raised him from the dead and seated him at his right hand in the heavenly places, far above principality and power, far above the Syrian army that has encamped around me, hallelujah. Far above the poverty, the sickness, the marital crisis, the economic crisis. I wonder how many Nigerians are afraid about their future because of the economic challenges in this situation. It's the same story we are talking about. Too. Whether it's Syrian army or underdeveloped economic army, we are talking about the same problem here. Are you responding in fear? Or are you like they that be for me? I'm more than this economic crisis. And I'm telling you, that's how you're going to maximize life in Nigeria. Micah 3 8. I've preached it to you once, I've preached it to you a thousand times in this church. This should be your confession. 
But truly, I am full of power by the Spirit of the Lord. Hallelujah. I'm just pulling that out of here. You can read the entire verse if you want. Somebody shout out loud. Truly, I am full of power by the Spirit of the Lord. You, you, you pray and confess these things and the Spirit of God begins to walk them in you. Like he walked them in Elisha. And the day the perplexities of life show up, rather than responding in fear, you just find yourself, I can deal with this thing. But more importantly, God can deal with this thing. Second thing he mentioned there is love. So the, the Spirit should be working in me through my prayer, through my meditation, so that my attitude my expression, my deep-seated subconscious thoughts are power thoughts. Am I making sense to somebody now the sound of my voice? Ah, I'm not yet there. That's why you pray Ephesians 1 again. And I can guarantee you, like so many of us have experienced, if you pray it long enough, it will show up in your life. And not only will it show up, it will show up with the accompanying results. Can I hear loud amen? Because what is written cannot be broken. How else can I deal with fear or the spirit of fear? Which other spirit should be working in me, operating in me? First John 4, 17 and 18. First John chapter 4 from verses 17 and 18. Love has been perfected among us in this. I want you to note the word perfected in these verses. That we may have boldness in the day of judgment. Because as he is, so are we in this world. Hallelujah. Somebody say, as Jesus is, not the earthly Jesus that walked on the shore of Jerusalem. Come on, say it with me, confess it with me. Not the earthly Jesus that walked on the shore of Jerusalem, even though that would have been lovely. But what he's saying here. Is the resurrected Jesus that is seated at the right hand of God. As he is, so am I in this world. I mean, that should be your thoughts. That should be your deep-seated subconscious conviction. Like God loves Jesus now. The love of Jesus, God had for Jesus when he was on the earth was powerful but much more than that, now that he's resurrected, glory be to God, and ascended and seated at the right hand of God, the love God has for him is the same love God has for me. Now that Nepal has just taken my light. Before you start getting depressed because they have taken light for two weeks in your area. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Look, if you can't bring the Holy Ghost to operate in mundane things, you will never be able to use him in major things. I drive with Holy Ghost. Too. Some of you have not done that before. As I'm driving this car, thank you, Holy Spirit. Take a Holy Ghost drive one day. You, you will enjoy the drive, mother. So when one year, here come bus driver just blocks you. You don't start acting like a madman yourself. Drive with the Holy Ghost. You can't have accidents if you drive with the Holy Ghost. And any devil that tries accident, you know accident is two ways. You hit them or they hit you. I can guarantee if the Holy Ghost drive, you are not going to hit them. But if they hit you, you will come out alive. 
should learn to live by the Spirit. Christians don't learn to live by the Spirit. I'm down to drive in. So rather than being afraid, you know some people can't drive because they're afraid. Don't move too much. They don't know I'm talking about you. Be conscious of the Spirit and say, Holy Spirit, help me to learn this driving. Teach me driving. Comfort me as I drive. And pray. Pray in the Spirit. You drive better than Louis Hamilton. If you don't know him, don't bother. <laughs> Love has been perfected among us in that we may have boldness in the day of judgment because as he is, so are we in this world. Verse 18, there is no fear. Tap your neighbor and say, do not fear. There is no fear in love. You know what was wrong with that servant? Because he saw that challenge and he became afraid. He didn't know that God loved him. Or he didn't know that God loved him as much as you know. Or the love of God had not been perfected in him. When financial problems come and you are fearful, you don't know God loves you. As you should. I know you've had it pricked. I say perfected. There is no fear in love. Perfect love will cast out fear. Perfect love. When it is built. When the person allows the Holy Ghost to operate it in them. Love is the nature of God. Galatians 5.22 The fruit of the Spirit is love. And the foundational dimension of that love is God's love for us. When that is developed and perfected in us, no Syrian army at our domot can scare us. If we are scared by health challenges, family challenges, we need to be perfected in God's love for us. That should be where our faith should work in God. Work love in me. Mature me in love. And you read Galatians 5.22 and you pray it. You go to 1 Corinthians 13 and you pray it. I remember when we started hearing these things back in the day. When I started hearing it. And I was in the office. I would go to the toilet. I mean, you're going to be there for how many minutes? But like if you're doing number two. And rather than just doing number two alone, I will open my first Corinthians 13, amplified. And I will read it and pray it. Hallelujah. And our revelation is not even strong, as strong as it is today because then we're talking about love for others. Now we are realizing it's even God's love for us. Pray it into your life. Allow the spirit to walk it inside of you. Glory be to God. What kind of spirit is at work in you? If what is coming out is fear, it's not the spirit of God. It's the spirit of the devil. Perfect love casts out fear. And watch what happens when we are afraid. Fear involves torment. Thank God Elisha was not afraid. He was able to deliver the nation. If everybody was afraid, if Elisha was afraid like every other body, the Syrians would have tormented them. Every oppression of the devil tormenting your life, I prophesy over you, it ceases from today in the name of Jesus. Let's talk about David. Talked about David last week. What, what spirit is working in you? So David got to the battlefront. Second Kings 17, isn't it? I mean, 1 Samuel 17. And the Bible said, everyone, the entire army of Israel, they were afraid of Goliath. Now, watch again. Please watch this. When David got there and he saw Goliath, he didn't say, give me one month to go and pray and fast. Notice David did not come to the battlefront to fight. 
His father sent him to bring lunch for his brothers and the captain of his brothers. He didn't come to fight. Trained soldiers that had been at the battlefront for months, they were afraid of Goliath. David, that is, he was just keeping sheep. But he was keeping sheep and was allowing the operations of the spirit in his life. Came to give them lunch. And he saw Goliath. said, what will be given to the man that kills this uncircumcised Philistine? He was confident that God will deliver him. How do you get there? Love. Allowing the Holy Ghost to walk love inside of you. Instead of going around the Lagos saying, nobody cares for me, nobody loves me. God loves you. Hello? That wife that is complaining that the husband is not loving her, your husband should love you. God loves you. Start with that one. Husband, love your wife. Start with God loves me. God loves me. And you, you came to deliver lunch. And the thing that is scaring the entire army, you are a boy that is not old enough to be in the army. <laughs> Glory be to God. You are not old enough to be in the army. But bless God, you are anointed. And you have allowed the spirit of God to walk that anointing inside of you. The result is no fear. I will kill the, I will kill the Goliath. Somebody shout, I will kill the Goliath. I can't hear you. I will kill the Goliath. He who fears, the last part of verse 18, has not been perfected, has not matured in love. He needs to go and spend more time praying and meditating on the revelation that God loves him. And to allow the spirit to do that in our work in him. So that he will not live and die as a shepherd boy. Nothing wrong with being a shepherd boy. But don't live and die as a shepherd boy when God ordained you to be the king. Can I hear loud amen? And the third one he said was a sound mind. Last Sunday someone came to meet me for some counseling. This is very powerful. And as he was talking, God just popped up this scripture in my mind. Isaiah 26 verse 3. This was his story. He's, he's doing a project and they need him to submit his medical reports. And part of the test he must submit was his blood pressure. But he had done the test and because he's nervous and anxious about the project and whether things will work, he had had blood pressure issues before. When he did the test, the blood pressure shot up. And God told me to give him this scripture. Isaiah 26, 3. You will keep him in perfect peace whose mind is stayed on you because he trusts in him. So I tell him, look, from now, start confessing and start meditating it. He came to me yesterday. He said he did the test and this time blood pressure was normal. And watch this. Some of you have not yet made that connection that you can read, pray, meditate on the word and money will enter your bank account. You, you've not connected it yet. You can read, pray, and your health will be normal. You don't understand that the physical things were first created by spiritual things. The words. I didn't pour any oil on his head. Nothing wrong with pouring oil on somebody's head. We didn't go to any mountain top. Nothing wrong with going to mountain top. <laughs> Praise the Lord. Take this text. Pray it and read it. I mean, as I was talking, God just brought that spirit in my heart. What are you thinking? What spirit is at work? There's a spirit that will bring blood pressure. There's a spirit that will calm down your nerves. 
it's the state of your mind. It's the state of your mind. Sound mind. Hallelujah. Self-control. Hallelujah. Self-discipline. Calm thoughts. Look at that text. Let, let, let's, let's look at that Isaiah 26. So I begin to close this morning. Hallelujah. Let me hear somebody shout, do not fear, do not fear, do not fear, do not fear. They that are for me. I can't hear you say, they that are for me are more than they that are against me. What God has given you to calm down your blood pressure is superior to what is making your blood pressure go up. Watch this. How, how do I have a sound mind? You will keep him in perfect peace, no anxiety, no worry, no fretting. Whose mind is stayed on him? Watch, this is the key here. The main key is number one, because he trusts in God. Trust in God. Learn to put your trust in God. I told him, get your mind off the project. That's why you're anxious. Put your mind on God. God can take care of you. I thank God he listened though. Look at the next verse, verse 4. Trust in the Lord forever. Do you understand the meaning of the word forever? Trust in the God now, correct? Trust in the Lord tomorrow morning. Throughout next week. Throughout this year. Throughout next year. Trust in the Lord forever. For Yahweh or Yah, the Lord is everlasting strength. And the way you can get yourself to begin to trust him, praise the Lord, is to keep your mind on him. Put your mind on his word, on his promises to you. And when your mind is on him, first of all, that would be a sound mind. You know the opposite of a sound mind? A crazy mind, a worried mind, an anxious mind. That will not be your portion in Jesus' name. So when your mind is on him, he will give you perfect peace. You will do the test and the blood pressure will be as it should be. Can I hear a loud amen? amen. Hallelujah. Philippians 2.5 Let this mind be in you which also was in Christ Jesus. Hallelujah. Do you understand that Jesus had a sound mind? 1 Corinthians 2.16, the latter part, we have the mind of Christ. We have the mind of Christ. So we, we pray these things. We confess them. And we allow the Holy Ghost walk them. Somebody say walk them. In us. Till we see the desired results. Till you can come out of your house, your domot, and see the host of the Syrian army. And you are not afraid. Get to that place. You can come out and you face that financial problem or that health crisis or that family challenge or that national problem. And you are not afraid. And you can say, God, that is for me. It's more than this problem. And your response is no fear. When you get to that point, and you will get there in Jesus' name. If you are not already there. When, when that becomes your reality. Life will. Be as it should be. Rise on your feet this morning everyone. Raise your hands to heaven. No fear.
I don't know what is producing fear in your life. I gave a number of examples in my teaching. God told me to tell you, drop that fear in this service today. Drop that fear. That thing that you see when you come out of your house and your response is fear. Like that servant of Elisha. That, that thing you are seeing and many of you, it's coming to your mind right now. Drop that fear this morning. Lift your hands to God. Begin to talk to him where you are. Drop it. Drop it. You can't function by a spirit of fear and maximize life. And the help of God is available for you this morning. The help of God is available for me to drop it. Drop it. Drop it. Talk to God. Drop the fear. Drop the fear. Is it concerning your finances? Is your blood pressure shooting up? Because you have unpaid bills, drop the fear. Drop the fear. Drop the fear. Drop it. Drop it. Be like Elijah, Elisha this morning. See, just focus on the fact that God's spirit dwells in me. God's spirit is greater than this financial problem. They that are for me. Watch, watch, watch. Please listen to this as you are praying. God told me, did you notice that that servant, the angel did not kill anybody? The angel did not blow up anybody. All that happened was for that servant to see the hosts of heaven and the fear just disappeared. Listen to me, God told me to tell you, all you need to do, to do is to see the Holy Ghost dwelling in you this morning. Just think about that. The Spirit of God lives in you and you are afraid because you have a bill of 200,000 to pay. No, the problem is that you are not seeing the Holy Ghost. You are not seeing the Holy Ghost. You are not seeing the love of the Father. You are not seeing the power of God. You are not seeing the mind of Christ in you. Your eyes are on the wrong thing. Leave those hands this morning and pray. Drop the fear. Focus on these things. Focus on the Spirit of God that dwells in you. Focus on the power of God that is at work in you. Focus on the love of the Father. Spirit of love. Spirit of power. Spirit of a sound mind. Focus on the mind of Christ that you have. You have been given the thoughts of Jesus, the mind of Jesus, the capacity of Christ. Focus on that. They that be for me are more than what is against me. They that be for me are more than what is against me. Come on, pray, 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 pray. Keep praying, church. If you know you have a challenge in this area, there are things you are afraid of, there are things that are making you anxious, things that are shooting up your blood pressure, things that you are wrestling with. I want you to come to the altar here quickly. Come. Keep praying as you come. The preceding message was brought to you by King's Word Everywhere, Nigeria. We are located at Kingsword Auditorium, Etel Avenue, behind NNPC Filling Station, First Bank Bus Stop, off Kudarat Abiola Way, Argun, Lagos. Email kmiafrica at kingsword.org. Telephone 234-810-00-006-40.